0: Thanks for listening. Today I'm going to talk about an apple of gold and a frame of silver. And I was inspired to do this in part based on a conversation, It's turning into an ongoing conversation, which I'm really happy about, with my best friend from childhood about the Constitution. So I figured I could give him this, and you could listen too. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of I'll Have to Think About That podcast in which we talk about history worth knowing, questions worth asking, and ideas worth considering, all in response to the incomplete education that so many of us have. All righty, this episode is posting on January 27th, 2021, and I thought a bunch, given that last week was the inauguration, oh, maybe I should do something about the presidency or the election or what Biden's been up to, and I thought, no... No, we've got at least four years of that stuff, so I hope to be able to take a bit of a break from that. As I said in that short intro, my uh, best friend from childhood, Jeff, uh, with whom I've gotten back in contact with and, and talk with regularly now over the last few years, he asked me some questions about the Constitution, and I was flattered by the fact that he turned to me and said, hey, you know, essentially, help me understand these things, help me get a foundation of this. And so I said, listen, before you can turn to the Constitution, you've got to consider the Declaration of Independence. You've got to consider the ideas that fueled the creation of the country before you can consider, well, the framework that lays out the government that's supposed to exist in that country. And so I got to thinking... And you know we had a, we talked on the phone a couple days ago about um, some questions that he had about the DI, some points in it that he didn't understand, language, things like that. And now I'm going to help him move forward into the Constitution itself. And I realized, you know, wait a minute, I could do an episode that would serve as a bridge between those two, but also might provide some value to whoever's listening to this. And so that's what I'm going to do today. And as I said in my intro, I'm going to talk about an apple of gold and a frame of silver. And that may sound like kind of a strange way to cue up or preface the Constitution and act as a bridge between the Declaration of Independence and it, but it is. And we have Abraham Lincoln to thank for it. So let me set the stage, and then I'm going to turn to a document, and then I'm going to talk about the document, and then I'll turn to another document, and talk about the document, and you know, do what I do. Um, in 1860... Abraham Lincoln, uh, mid-year, is asked by the Republican Party, the new Republican Party, which hadn't existed really before that, to uh, to run for president. And so he agrees, he runs, uh, he does not appear on Southern ballots, and he's elected anyway. There are four candidates running, to, the, the, the Democratic Party is split between two candidates, there's a Southern Democrat, and there's a Northern Democrat, and then there's a fourth candidate, and so because of the population density in the North, even though Lincoln doesn't appear on Southern ballots, he still wins the election because he wins the electoral vote. And by early December of 1860, when that is confirmed, the country starts to unravel. And I've done episodes about this. I did episodes about this months ago. Uh, I'll put some links to them about secession and things like that. South Carolina is the first state to secede um, right around the third week of December of 1860. And then by early February of 1861, there are, I think, eight states have seceded, and they meet, and they confederate, and they create the Confederate States of America. And then Lincoln becomes president in early March because the inauguration until about the mid-20th century was in early March, not in January. And so i'm I'm trying to set this stage here of Lincoln is elected in this this incredibly contentious election, and then the country unravels and Lincoln gets to sit in Springfield, Illinois and watch the country unravel and he has no ability to do anything about it because he's not president yet. James Buchanan, who I think is our biggest loser president, he sits as these southern state- states secede and seize Union arsenals, like weapons caches and forts and things like that, that are all throughout the South, and arm up. He just sits there and twiddles his thumbs and says, oh, this is really terrible, but I don't have any authority to do anything about it. Lincoln, so respectful of the law and so respectful of tradition and the system, Lincoln, he, he can't do anything. He can't weigh in. You know, it's not like today where we have a lame duck president, we have the incoming president making press releases and things like that. There's really nothing like that. But that doesn't stop Lincoln from reflecting on what is going on. Now, one thing that Lincoln was known for is that he he wrote a lot of notes to himself. Uh, in his personal papers and in his files and, and and rumor has it even within his hat. He would keep scraps of paper and folded up notes where he would write what sometimes would become speeches or letters or things like that. You know, the guy's mind was always moving and so he was always thinking of what was going on around him and reacting to what was going on around him and putting these reactions down on paper. Kinda of like someone walking around with a recorder, you know, a little like a digital recorder and like talking into it and recording their thoughts as they go. And so in January of eighteen sixty one, and we we don't know the exact date. In January of eighteen sixty one, Lincoln wrote what we call the Fragment on the Constitution and Union. And in this short document, he he lays out some a, a real foundation of his beliefs of what the country is about and some relationships between some key documents and ideas. And so I'm going to read this short document to you. It's not very long. There's a link in the show notes. But I'm going to read this to you in full and then come back and, and talk about it. So Fragment... On the Constitution and Union, Abraham Lincoln, January 1861. He says, All this is not the result of accident. It has a philosophical cause. Without the Constitution and the Union, we could not have attained the result. But even these are not the primary cause of our great prosperity. There is something back of these, entwining itself more closely about the human heart. That something is the principle of liberty to all. The principle that clears the path for all, gives hope to all, and by consequence, enterprise and industry to all. The expression of that principle in our Declaration of Independence was most happy and fortunate. Without this, as well as with it, we could have declared our independence of Great Britain, but without it we could not, I think, have secured our free government and consequent prosperity." No oppressed people will fight and endure, as our fathers did, without the promise of something better than a mere change of masters. The assertion of that principle, at that time, was the word fitly spoken, which has proved an apple of gold to us. The Union and the Constitution are the picture of silver, subsequently framed around it. The picture was made not to conceal or destroy the apple, but to adorn and preserve it. The picture was made for the apple, not the apple for the picture. So let us act, that neither picture or apple shall ever be blurred or bruised or broken. That we may so act, we must study and understand the points of danger. And so, here's what Lincoln is saying, essentially. He's saying, you know, he's reflecting back on the American Revolution and, and, and the War for Independence, and the creation of the new government. And Lincoln, uh, I'll, I'll point out in a document here in a moment, Lincoln was absolutely stuck on the founding and the founders. That is where he drew his, as he said, his political philosophy was from the founders. And so he's saying in this document, he's saying, you know, we could have achieved our independence from Great Britain without the Declaration of Independence, making these, frankly, revolutionary and kind of earth-shaking assertions about human liberty, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, all men, that is all humans, are created as equal and have access, should have access to equal rights, their, their equal natural rights, all people have these that we could have achieved our independence from England without making those assertions. And I've said this in future, in, in rather not future, I've said this in past episodes, that the Declaration of Independence is, a, is an interesting document for lots of reasons, but if you go back and read it, the first paragraph makes some, uh, some legal assertions, essentially. And the second paragraph is all philosophical, natural rights stuff. And then most of the rest of it is the evidence to support what they point out in those first two paragraphs but you can remove the second paragraph of the declaration of independence and taken from a perspective in the 1770s you still have a very strong case a valid case at least whether someone agrees with it or not is a different issue but a valid case for the colonists being legally entitled to separate from england under english tradition and english law you don't need that paragraph that frankly opens up a Pandora's box or a can of worms of all this natural rights stuff. But what Lincoln is saying here is that without that paragraph, you don't get that motive energy that makes America what it is, that gives hope to all. Liberty to all, he's saying, is a principle that clears the path for everyone. It gives hope to everyone and it motivates them. It gives them enterprise and industry because they hope for something more than what they have. It's not just a change in masters, and so what he's saying is that the Declaration of Independence, its most important ideals, its goals, the things for which it point, the things to which it points, that it asks us and encourages us to strive for the things you find in the second paragraph, they are the apple of gold. Now the Constitution, is political document that outlines the structure, the powers and the, um, the very functional purposes of this government, the union, that is the frame of silver. It exists to spotlight, to protect, and to promote the apple of gold. It's not the other way around. The government doesn't exist for its own purpose. The government exists to, uh, to, to, to promote the ideals in the Declaration of Independence. Now, it's I, I find it interesting, you know, when you you look through the Constitution, and the D.I. and life, liberty, and you know, pursuit of happiness, and all men are created equal, and stuff like that. That stuff is not mentioned in the the Constitution. Actually, James Madison, curiously enough, he had wanted to take parts of the Declaration of Independence, some of those those philosophical statements and put them in the Constitution. Had this idea for maybe that be part of the preamble or be somehow woven into the text of the the Constitution itself. And there was no nefarious reason why that didn't happen, but I, I talk about that on another day. But here what Lincoln is saying in January of 1861 is he's watching the country fall apart. He's watching the Union fall apart. The frame of silver is cracking or is distorting and where his concern is, is not over, oh, gee, this government's falling apart. He never loses sight of what the government is supposed to be there for. And this is in 1861. Now, I would say that here in 2021, that government is supposed to be there for the same purpose. It is supposed to be there to protect, promote, and, and spotlight and point to that apple of gold, the ideals in the DI, the Declaration of Independence. Lincoln is saying that, you know, that let, let's, not, let's not lose sight of which one, they, they both exist for a purpose, but which one is our real focus. It's not having government for government's sake. He's not concerned about secession. He's, well, he's concerned about secession because it's a, it's a violation of the rule of law and the, the Constitution. But he doesn't stop there. He's concerned about it because the Constitution and the Union exist for this is higher purpose. It's not just a functional, political, legal, governmental purpose. It is a higher purpose that has to do with, with something really special and unique about human possibility. And that's in January of 1861. The next month, February, he packs up and begins his journey eastward by train from Springfield, Illinois, to Washington, D.C. for the inauguration. And along the way, he stops. He makes a number of stops and gives a number of speeches. And in late February, February 22nd of 1861, he stops at Independence Hall in Philadelphia, and he gives this speech. And I'm going to read this. It's four paragraphs, quick excerpt, and I think this will help knit together some of those ideas from that fragment on the Constitution and Union and and also ground him in where where he was in time and what was going on there. So this is what he said. He said, Mr. Kyler, I am filled with deep emotion at finding myself standing here in the place where we're collected together the wisdom, the patriotism, the devotion to principle from which sprang the institution under which we live. You have kindly suggested to me that in my hands is the task of restoring peace to our distracted country. I can say in return, sir, "...that all the political sentiments I entertain have been drawn, so far as I have been able to draw them, from the sentiments which originated, and were given to the world from this hall in which we stand. I have never had a feeling politically that did not spring from the sentiments embodied in the Declaration of Independence. I have often pondered over the dangers which were incurred by the men who assembled here and adopted that Declaration of Independence." I have pondered over the toils that were endured by the officers and soldiers of the army who achieved that independence. I have often inquired of myself what great principle or idea it was that kept this confederacy so long together. It was not the mere matter of the separation of the colonies from the motherland, but something in that declaration giving liberty, not alone to the people of this country, but hope to the world for all future time. It was that which gave promise that in due time, the weights should be lifted from the shoulders of all men and that all should have an equal chance. This is the sentiment embodied in the Declaration of Independence. Now, my friends, can this country be saved upon that basis? If it can, I will consider myself one of the happiest men in the world if I can help to save it. If it can't be saved upon that principle, it will be truly awful. But... If this country cannot be saved without giving up that principle, I was about to say I would rather be assassinated on this spot than to surrender it. Now, in my view of the present aspect of affairs, there is no need of bloodshed in war. There is no necessity for it. I am not in favor of such a course. And I may say in advance, there will be no bloodshed unless it is forced upon the government. The government will not use force unless force is used against it. My friends, this is a wholly unprepared speech. I did not expect to be called upon to say a word when I came here. I supposed I was merely to do something towards raising a flag. I may, therefore, have said something indiscreet, but I have said nothing but what I am willing to live by and, in the pleasure of Almighty God, die by. So, here, sometime in January, he puts to paper these ideas connecting the ideals, the strivings in the Declaration of Independence to the political order that the Constitution creates. And here in February of 1861, he stands up in front of a crowd of people in Independence Hall. And you can imagine, if you ever been to Independence Hall in Philadelphia that the Declaration of Independence was, was, was written there? The Constitution was written there. And Abraham Lincoln comes and speaks there about those things when the country is in such crisis. And he says in public... It's, it's what the Declaration of Independence says about what we can be as people. That's what's important. That's why the Union is important. And it's creepy, actually. It, it, it really kind of gives me the, the heebie-jeebies a little bit. He says, I would, I would rather be assassinated on the spot. You know, and a little over four years later, that's exactly what happens. Not on that spot, but he's assassinated. In fast-forwarding, two and a half years, a little more than two and a half years, um, November of 1863, when Lincoln delivers the Gettysburg Address, he then, by implication, calls back to the ideals of the country, the strivings, the um, call it the aspirational nature of the American experiment and self-government. He calls back to that. Lincoln is always pointing back to the Declaration, when trying to explain and make sense of why he's doing what he's doing and and why that's what he has to do. Around this same time, the great abolitionist, probably America's greatest abolitionist, maybe even greatest civil rights leader, I hope that that we can experience a broader rebirth of understanding and, and, and knowledge of Frederick Douglass and his ideas. Frederick Douglass pointed to the Declaration of Independence and also pointed to the fact that we were clearly not living up to it. He pointed to the Constitution and said the word slavery is not in that anywhere. It's a freedom document. He's not William Lloyd Garrison who says it's a compact with hell. No, Garrison, Garrison says that, you know, you need to burn the whole country down. Douglas, on the other hand, points to the Declaration and points to the Constitution and says, essentially, I paraphrase here grossly, but look what we aim to do look how we've gone about doing things, we, we can use these things and do better. Um, and King, Martin Luther King, a century later in his I Have a Dream speech, echoes the same kind of message that, you know, a blank check is written to all Americans, hasn't been cast yet. The Declaration of Independence is, you know, call it good, right, and true. It's aspirational, and it points us in this great direction. And then the Constitution exists as a as a framework to establish a system from which norms and procedures and rules and laws and whatnot have come that we hope we will use wisely as we look back on the Declaration of Independence and say, That's what we really exist for. We we actually don't exist so that Congress can write laws and presidents can issue executive orders and we can send soldiers overseas or bring them home or what we don't exist for that reason. We exist for those those aspirational reasons in that second paragraph of the Declaration of Independence. And so my point for doing this episode is to ask you, to remind you, and to suggest to you that as you, if you, hopefully you do, consider the Constitution, consider our, our legal systems, our political systems, our norms, the things that are codified and the things that are accepted as mores, as you think about those things, don't ever lose sight of the reason those things exist. Is you're looking at the frame of silver, don't lose sight of the apple of gold. I feel like a lot of times around elections, we spend a lot of time, maybe politicians and candidates, they'll spend time, you know, they'll, they'll share some happy talk that sounds a little bit like they're pointing to the apple. But what they're really talking about is the exercise of or the use of the frame of silver, exercise of power. I'm going to pass a law to do this. I'm going to issue an executive order to do that, so on and so forth. I'm going to pay you this money. I'm going to give money, whatever. And they're all very functional promises about what they're going to use the system to do. What I ask is that you look back to what our forefathers, and probably our greatest president, Lincoln, what he... Always said, he kept in mind. The Declaration of Independence, that's your measuring stick. The you know, Constitution we use as a measuring stick for rule of law and systems. But if you want to ask, like, have you ever wondered, okay, I have the ability to do this. Should I do it? I'm allowed to do this. I'm in, I've been empowered to do this. Is it a good and right thing to do? Is it the best thing to do? And so what I'm saying is as we look at and consider our history and consider what's going on around us, take that time and think about the relationship between that apple and that frame and ask yourself where your focus really is and where the focus of the person with the microphone, not this microphone, the person with the microphone that millions of people are listening to and has the you know power of you know Congress or the executive branch on their side. Um, do you think they're keeping that in mind? Do you think they've even thought of that? And it is fascinating, as I'll, I'll close in this. I think it is fascinating, for a country founded on ideas, not blood, not ethnicity, it shouldn't be, not a family lineage or a national like a, a, an ethnic national identity or something like that, or even a, a single religion that that's not we're we're a country founded on an idea or a set of ideas and those ideas are embodied in the declaration of independence so for a country so founded we have to keep going back to that original document to consider what we're doing how we're going about it and whether regardless of whether we can or can't Is that the best thing? Is that the right thing to do? And the right and best way to go about it? So I've got links to that document, fragment on the Constitution and Union, a link to the Declaration, a link to the Constitution, and I hope you take the time to read them. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. You can leave feedback at my show site, which is thinkaboutthat.podbean.com. You can also subscribe there. I'd appreciate that and share this out to anyone you think would be interested in listening. Have a great day.